0: Hello and welcome to season two, episode eleven of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? Good, Ryan.
1: Howdy to both of y'all. I'm doing fantastic. I had a great week. Uh, Evan, how you doing, bud?
2: Much much better than the previous gentlemen. I'm doing. I'm doing well from a tech sports standpoint. By golly, it, feel, it feels good standpoint. to win. It feels good yeah. to win. How are you doing, Evan? Well, are you on, from a per- on your personal standpoint. Personal you know, uh, uh, pretty well. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you look a little different with this pedophile mustache you're rocking right now. but
2: That's, that's a little rude, but did you, fair. Uh, did
1: you make some life changes in this last week? I actually canceled my therapy session, so that's great.
2: That's a Saving little rude. No, a lot of you know, I'm, uh, I'm actually supposed to head up north tomorrow uh, for my company, Occidental Petroleum. I'm supposed to go <laughs> present to... You some elementary schools on some oil and gas 101, And I don't even know if they're going to let me in the school. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think yeah I'm think not have... allowed within a few hundred feet. <laughs> oh, I go to I go to schools every day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Well,
0: Just kidding. Well, Just kidding. boys, uh, that's the Evan update on his uh, personal life. But <laughs> as he said, Texas Tech, what a week. Being a Tech sports fan for this week was riding on highs left and right. The football team blows them out. The basketball team's back, and they're just putting up 100 points like it ain't no thing. Mm. I'll tell you what, boys, being a Red Raider fan uh, feels good right now.
1: It, and it, it, Ryan, and I'll add on to that, it feels, it's going to even feel even better next year and the next year and the next year with what Chris Beard is building on the basketball side of things. Man, did we have a big week.
2: Yeah, amen, Chris, and and I think we can all be very hopeful that, that Wells can follow that that suit that Chris is doing. Um, but, man, it, it was great to go down to Morgantown and steal a game. You know, we, we talked about some of the important games early on in the season. We came off of a gruesome, embarrassing, no mm-hmm. other way to put it, loss in Lawrence. Um, Season-champing. Yeah. You know what? And we go back down to Morgantown, which is undoubtedly one of the toughest places to play in the Big 12, whether the team is is good or not. The team being West Virginia, um, Morgantown is a very, very, very tough place to play. And I know that um, obviously not from personal experience, but from talking with uh, some buddies that have played there, most would say that's one of the toughest atmospheres to play in the Big 12 to get that win there in the fashion that we did was huge. It restored my faith in our team, our coaching staff. And, we boys, we got to win two of the next three, and we're going bowling. Yeah, you know what?
0: Last week, I couldn't have been more down in the dumps of this team. I canceled the season. But this week, like you said, it revived me. Uh, to see them go to a hot start, that's something we talked about, go up 21-3 in the first quarter, that just set the tone for the game, and it, it you know, made me feel good all day long. Uh, it was great to see the team come out and play Hard again after a devastating loss. It's something that you've said, Evan, that Wells has really t- like made it a, a point to have the team respond well to adversity like that. And I think that this really proved that. And you know, I, I might be a flip flopper on Wells week to week, but this week I'm feeling
2: pretty good about him. And yeah, Ryan, your, oh, go ahead, Evan. No, I was just going to say that's a great point, Ryan, because we saw us get absolutely blown out by OU, right? And then we come back the next week and we respond well and we steal a win and then we get just i mean i think we could probably all three agree that that was one of the most embarrassing losses as a tech fan um from a football perspective that we've experienced
0: i, I yeah. can say
2: that without a doubt i mean oh, absolutely to lose to kansas uh, in who, the fashion
1: we did I'm too
2: didn't they lose to like coastal carolina in like the first game of the year or something like that i mean and yeah, we, we were kind of we were kind of laughing about it and for us to lose, and 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 all, all the credit to Kansas. I thought that Les Miles had his squad ready to play. I thought that they played a really complete game. But you should never lose to Kansas in the, in this uh, in this league where they're at right now. Um, so that was that was heartbreaking for sure. But you're exactly right to be able to rebound um, and to have a, a a very short memory on the fact and to come back and play well. Man, that was huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge.
1: And and the biggest thing for me is something that we haven't done in the past few games is start fast. And boy did we. Jet Duffy, the offensive the offensive side of things was rolling, defense was clicking. We put up twenty one in the first quarter and then fourteen in the second quarter. And then things seemed to die down for us. But uh yeah, starting fast and you know, locking that game up within the first, you know, twenty minutes uh, was really special to and, see. Uh,
0: and I love seeing, uh, you know, our boy Douglas Coleman. You know, we said he's been having an incredible season. Obviously, the Kansas mistake, like we said, it just happens. And, you know, he comes back out the next game, gets another interception. Yeah. So it's great to see him clearly, you know, have that mindset, next play always. That's what you need to have, and I love to see that.
2: Yeah, and I heard people say, oh, he was just in the right place, right time. And there's definitely part of that, too. But, I mean, he's all over the field, and he, he's always looking for a turnover. I mean, I'll he, tell you this, he,
0: Evan. You got to put yourself in the right place to be there.
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I'm just saying that but like, it it wasn't a coincidence. Like he he's ready for the havoc play as you would, yeah. as you would say, Ryan. I mean, and 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 we saw him, man, I'm a huge fan of DC3. I I, I think that uh good lord, I think he's going to be integral moving forward and uh I was happy overall. I really was.
1: What was your biggest takeaway from that game, Evan?
2: Um, man, uh, it's, it's tough to nail it down to, to one specific. I thought that jet made some, some really intelligent play, uh, play decisions. I thought that he was, he was pretty, pretty locked in, uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we could have, we could have called a better game defensively. I mean, we had four turnovers, which is huge, obviously, uh, you know, forcing those four, but, uh, I thought we could have done a little bit better defensively. Um, I thought that, you know, I really did think that Yost called a, a pretty complete game. And and I've been critical of Yost over the, the course of the season. But, um, you know, I thought that our our players really lived up to the game plan and executed well. Um, Jordan Brooks, man, animal, animal, animal. Again, he, he showed it. I think he had 11 tackles um, this game. He was all over the field. Uh, we had some superstar performances for sure. But the biggest takeaway for me is that, again, think, think about our Chris our, and, and Ryan as well. Our, our, our years as a Tech fan. The loss at Kansas was the most embarrassing thing I've felt in a long time, yep. and these guys didn't lay down and just get punched in the mouth. They came back and said, "You know what? We screwed up, and we're going to make up for it." And that's exactly what they did.
0: Yeah. I couldn't say it
1: any uh, better, Evan,
0: at all. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing I took away most from it. It was coming out fast, not you know responding well to adversity. Jet playing great, and speaking of Jet. Alan Bowman news. He got cleared to play and he's going to redshirt. We talked about this last week and it comes out. It turns out Alan Bowman will redshirt the rest of the season, which is something that, you know, doesn't super surprise me, but at the same time, I'm wondering if he's going to ever play for tech again.
2: I disagree. And I, I disagree. And I love the decision from Alan. I think that probably a lot of that is driven from a coach's standpoint. I mean, it's, it's no secret that we're competing to be top in the Big 12 this year, right? I mean, with our start. And, and Jet is doing an incredible job. Even with our recent losses, he's doing an incredible job to put us in a position to win. And I think that Alan Bowman, by redshirting this year, uh, no question in my mind, leads this team next year. Knock on every piece of wood you can find, that he stays healthy, Right. Um, but I, I think that's the right move for him, and I'm I honestly think that. What for about me the, uh, as a quarterback fan, They
0: brought in this year. Yeah, it was going to be the quarterback. Yeah, of the future. yeah, yeah.
2: No, I I get that, I, and I think that Maverick is absolutely going to have a a, a a place to play. But we've seen what Alan Bowman can do, and oh, hey. when he's healthy, when he's completely healthy, there's no question in my mind that he can be a top tier quarterback, and and that's exactly what he is trying to do. And what Texas Tech is trying to do by allowing him to sit um, for the hey, rest of this year,
0: Evan, I, I agree. He's a top tier quarterback when he plays. I've I've been a proponent of Bowen, Bowman. I'm a big fan. He was leading the Big Twelve in passing when he got hurt, leading the nation in completions. And I know they were playing a shitty teams, but so was everybody else. And the thing is, all I'm saying is with Maverick, you know, he's only got four years. Bowman redshirting this year means he has three more years of eligibility. They're both not going to stick around. They're both not going to be able to play. And, you know, Wells has said this decision was Bowman and his parents' decision. It wasn't a coaching staff decision. They're going to respect it and let him do it. But I think that this just means, you know, Bowman sees that there's other people playing. And I have a bad feeling that Bowman's going to leave the team. Absolutely.
1: Right. I totally agree with you. It just seems like a problem that Tech always has is like we have three great quarterbacks and then one has to play, right? And then the
0: other ones just leave. Hey, I would love to see him play for Tech again. I think he's incredible. But I think that this move is a personal move by his. And I think he's going to – I think there's a chance he leaves the team. And I think whoever he goes and plays, I think he's a great quarterback. So wherever he plays, he's going to have success. But I'm afraid it's going to be not with Texas Tech.
2: A chance, chance, no doubt. Time will tell, no question, but – Uh, I mean, here's my stance on Maverick, too. I mean, Maverick comes into the program with the expectation that it's going to be Bowman's show for the next couple years, right? I mean, he didn't come in thinking he's going to be the starter right off the bat. Not many quarterbacks at Texas Tech do, with the exception of maybe Patrick Mahomes in in recent years. Um,
0: But do you think he was planning on waiting until his senior year to play? Because if Bowman sticks around, that's three more years.
2: But but why? That's why only would, a
0: senior year. If he redshirted this, he redshirted this year. So that's a redshirt senior year. be his only time to play.
2: Sure. Why Why does Maverick McIver come to tech then? Does anyone think that Bowman gets hurt again this year? I mean,
0: I, well, I think he saw Bowman's first year. And I mean, at the very least, you know, if Bowman doesn't redshirt, then he gets two years of starting versus one. And if Bowman keeps up what he did, then maybe he doesn't stay off four and he leaves. And, you know, yeah. he gets to play sooner. But I doubt he came expecting to maybe only play his last year, assuming they don't bring in another quarterback.
2: No, and, and I think that's a good point, Ryan. But at the end of the day, too, I mean, I think that re- in my personal opinion, regardless of how this team goes <clears throat> from a quarterback position, uh, obviously we haven't seen Maverick play yet. And I'm, 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 I've am I'm, said in previous episodes that I'm really high on Maverick. I, I really have a high outlook for our quarterback position. Okay. Cause we've seen what Jeffy's, uh, what jet Duffy's done under, under stress and under um, unfortunate circumstances. We've seen what Bowman can do. And if Bowman leaves, I'm really high on Maverick McIver. I mean, I think that we have good depth at the position and I think we're going to be okay. Whatever way we move forward.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're in a good situation and they're going to be both great quarterbacks, but all I'm saying is they're both not sticking around. We're only going to get one or the other. Cause you know only one of them can play and neither of them are going to sit around for 3 years without
2: playing that's a fair point Ryan
1: we're in, we're in a great position all in all we're in a great spot for next year two talented quarterbacks and did they bring in another QB this year too
2: uh the transfer kid
1: yeah well whatever rice guy he's done. <laughs> well <laughs> we,
2: we we got a, we got a big quarterback recruit for the for the following year and his name's going to escape me but we have depth at the position is is the takeaway there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, uh, yeah. I guess I, I, I'm. Trust me, I'm not saying I think we're in trouble. I'm not saying Alan Bowman's not a great quarterback. I'm just saying I think he might be a great quarterback on another team, not too soon.
2: Sure. Now, I we talked about what we did right, gentlemen. What do you think we did wrong in Morgantown against West Virginia?
1: Not finishing strong. Not finishing strong. We kind of let them back in um well we did let them back in the game we should probably have blown them out by more than 21 points I mean we only put up three points in the second half of this game so something happened on offense where basically we're going three and out every other possession and uh yeah I think that's probably play calling on the part of Mr. Mophead
0: yeah I, I would agree you know they I would agree with not finishing strong I mean I wouldn't say West Virginia was really ever in it we we're always up three scores but like it's it's strange to see that you know you put up 35 points in the first half and then three in the second half. It's almost like a little complacency. Mm. And you know, I mean, I'm happy with the big win, but I'm with you, Chris. I would have liked them to to play great throughout the entire game instead of just half of it.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know, we saw we saw two interceptions and a couple of fumble recoveries. Um, so from the standpoint of takeaway, our defense played well, but let's not forget that we still gave up 550 yards of total offense to the Mountaineers in Morgantown. Um, so from that standpoint, if we don't force those turnovers that we did, it's a very different ball game. Oh, totally.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So, so I still wasn't really thrilled with how our defense played overall uh, from a possession-to-possession standpoint with the exception of the takeaways – That's got to be buttoned up. I think Patterson has made strides. We've seen him be brilliant in in certain games. We've seen him be awful in certain games. I think the offense pulled their weight. I want to see our defense play better this next weekend against TCU at home.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that, too. I mean, I will say the run defense was great. Um, The run defense, they only let up, like, I don't know, somewhere like 60 yards of rushing. And granted, West Virginia I think, I think really it was have...
2: even worse. I think it was 50 yards. We we only gave up 50 yards of rushing, which is yeah. huge for Tech.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, West Virginia doesn't have a workhorse running back. You know, they have a few guys they give the ball to. But it was still great to see that. But I'm with you. The, the pass defense, while they caused turnovers, you're right. Without those turnovers, they might be in a little bit more trouble than they were. They did let up over 475, 500 yards of passing. So that's a tough go.
2: I'll tell you one thing that I did love was the aggressive play calling on fourth down. We saw Wells go for four fourth downs. We were seventy five percent three for four on fourth down conversions against against the Mountaineers. I was a huge fan of when we called them, why we called them, where we were where we were at on the field, the time of the game that we were in. Big fan of of when we were aggressive. Um, I, I was just a huge fan of, of how we called those plays.
0: Well, uh, speaking of that game that you mentioned, the one coming up at home, let's talk about it. Let's say, what does Tech have to do to defend the Jones against this TCU team that we've seen beat the likes of Texas this year?
1: Uh, yeah, and it's just going to be playing solid defense up front. TCU has a great offensive line, so if our D-line can put some pressure on their quarterback, mistakes are going to happen, and we've got to win the turnover battle. And I think that's probably exactly what Texas Tech has to do pretty much in every game where it's close. They have to win the turnover battle. And it looks like our offense is really not turning the ball over very much. So as long as we can get a couple fumble recoveries on defense or some interceptions, I think we're okay in this one.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not entirely bought into the Baylor Bears hype. We saw us (laughs) take them to two overtimes and lose. We saw TCU take them to triple overtime and lose. Uh, I'm not saying they're a bad team. But what I what I am saying is that uh, in analyzing that game, it was a defensive battle, especially early. So I really do agree with you, Chris. I think that if our defense can hold their weight, which I think uh, we definitely I, I don't think I know that we have the ability to do so. If our offense can perform the way we did against West Virginia and and by God, even against Kansas, we 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 played a pretty well offensive game against kansas if we can play like that and our defense plays well we win the game no question
0: yeah i I agree with you guys so much of it comes down to a turnover battle really it's about protecting the ball because we've seen TCU's quarterback duggan uh he can be a little bit loose with it he's thrown seven picks combined in the last three games and that means you know the their offense is susceptible to our defense you know causing havoc plays but you know their defense on the other hand they cause it right back they've They've had six interceptions in the past three games, including four on Sam Ellinger. So, you know, Duffy needs to protect the ball. They need to make smart decisions on offense. And on the defensive side, they have to be able to get pressure on Duggan and make him throw errant passes.
2: Absolutely. And again, Ryan, back to your statement that you've said many times this year, Havoc plays. Let's cause some big turnovers. Let's have some explosive offensive plays. If we can do that, Tech comes out on top in the coming Saturday at the Jones.
0: And I'll tell you what, we come out on top, we're 5-5, and and we're
2: poised. We're poised to go bowling. Just one more win. You know, there's no question that Kansas State, albeit at home, is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game to follow up. I think that we definitely need to win this game against TCU to give us a shot. There's no question that going into Austin in the final game is going to be a very hard game to steal. No question that we can do it. We've done it in the past. Um, but this, this TCU game, in my opinion, is the deciding factor if we go bowling this year or not. I, I
0: 100% agree, and 100%. I have a question for the two of you. Mm. Am I crazy to think that the Texas game is more winnable yes. than the Kansas State game.
1: I a hundred percent believe that is true, Ryan. Uh, I think Matt Wells makes a statement, sure. and in the last game, I could see us being five you know five wins going into Texas, and Matt Wells saddles up and you know gets us over the hump. Uh, I could see that being a statement win for Wells. I have a feeling about it for sure.
2: Yeah, and I do. I, I do too. But do I think that it's more winnable? from a just pure statistical perspective than Kansas state. Kansas no. state's good. Like, no, uh, man. Kansas uh, no. state's better numbers. than Kansas. I
1: mean, sorry. Kansas okay, state is better numbers. than Texas Fuck
2: stats. No, no, no. I'm not talking. Mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking stats in my head. Okay? <laughs> big stats, big fake stats. Like if, well, I, I was, I have, if I was I a gambling it. man on Texas tech, which I'm not because I don't like jinxing us. The better percentage chance that we have winning those two games to me is Kansas State. I know they're a solid team. We saw them steal a game against OU. They're a great squad. But going into Austin, historically for Texas Tech, has been a near insurmountable task. We've done it. Absolutely. Can we do it again? Absolutely. I'm just saying that our best chance to go bowling is to go 2-0 and in these next two games.
0: I just think that we can rattle Ellinger. I just think Texas is so beatable this year, mm-hmm. and I'm going, I'm going on the emotional stat, Same. not the number stat. The emotional stat tells me they can beat Texas.
1: Yeah, Texas thought they were so high and mighty this year, thinking that everyone's picking them to go to the playoff. Oh, well, uh, Texas n- uh. is back my ass. not no, uh-uh. I see, I see. Wells making a statement game and taking that one for
0: sure. And I'll tell you what. Imagine if they go four and zero in the last four games, and they somehow pull out a seven and five record. Ooh wee. Ooh-wee. Ooh,
1: baby. <laughs> and oh. imagine Baylor goes undefeated and goes to the college football playoff. Ooh. Actually, let's let's take a moment
0: on that cuz Evan called Baylor, you know, overhyped. Yeah, Moss, right. I know is big on Baylor let's and go. thinks that they're they're great. And yeah. I, my opinion, yeah. I think that the Baylor Bears might be the team of destiny this year. That's what they, I'm saying, baby. They have won their last like five games in a row by one score, multiple in overtime, and one on a field goal at the last second. They just somehow find ways to win. Exactly. It's crazy.
2: I just, I just strongly disagree. And and they played, <laughs> played well, but the the cards have just fallen in their lap.
0: Exactly, Evan. destiny, destiny.
2: And I'm I'm just saying, are they the team to beat? Well. Yes, in the Big Twelve as it stands now, but holy smokes, have they gotten lucky? I mean, really that's what and it truly. needs.
1: That's what you need, baby. Undefeated college football playoff, Big Twelve representation,
2: champion. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now: if Baylor goes undefeated, they don't make the playoffs.
0: Uh, if in, Baylor incorrect. goes undefeated, that means that they also have to beat Oklahoma twice, twice to win the the Big Twelve championship. And if they do that, then they have to be in. Are you kidding I just, me? I just, Baylor, I just Baylor will, they, they will on, have won the Big Twelve. Beat Oklahoma twice and Texas once, that is by far a best a good resume they're it's getting. It's
1: literally it. in I, the college football playoff like bylaws. If a power five team goes undefeated, they're automatically in. Basically. Yeah.
2: I disagree because Why? look at the Who's other teams that are look at the other teams that are in contention. Okay. You have LSU sitting at a strong number one.
1: Yep. I agree. You LSU have, will be in there.
2: You have Clemson. You have Georgia. Clemson you have will Ohio be State. Not making it. You have Ohio State. You have Oregon. You have um, – who am I missing, boys?
0: Um,
1: I'll tell you this. Why? Oregon's already lost to Seven. Auburn. This, this is why – But Oregon's sitting
0: at a number
2: six right now. If they were undefeated,
0: se- this is why they get in. They're only number 12 right now because they haven't played the hardest teams in the Big 12. If they beat Oklahoma, they beat Texas, and then they beat Oklahoma again in the conference championship, then they will have the resume. And on top of that, Georgia's sitting four right now, but they have to play LSU in the conference championship, which they will lose. And then LSU, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, and Baylor, as the four power five undisputed champion, undefeated teams, will be the college player. Right, right. I have, I have
1: one thing to add on to that that kind of scares me, is if Minnesota goes undefeated. Well, then Ohio State can't. Then Ohio State can't be in. Is
0: what you're saying? Yeah. No. Minnesota and Ohio oh. State have to play each other. Oh, you're you're telling me that if Ohio State.
2: Ohio State loses to Minnesota, they don't get in the playoffs? Come if on. If
0: Baylor's undefeated, then yes.
2: I disagree. I really have to disagree. They're there. not going to.
0: They're not going to snub a just... Big Twelve team
1: that just went undefeated. One. They're going to. They're going to snub Baylor
2: though. They're going to
1: snub it, Baylor. It, that not, not if not
0: they beat Oklahoma twice and Texas once.
1: There would be zero argument that th- this isn't UCF. That went undefeated. This is a power five team with Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, Heisman candidate, beating them Beat twice, and,
0: and beating multiple ranked teams. Yeah. Teams ranked top ten. Exactly. You can't. You can't dispute that. You can't dispute it, bud. And Chris nope. Moss brings I'm, home a, a nice little paycheck. Because then Oregon, Oregon has that bad loss. Yeah. Exactly. Well, all right. I mean, that's all Evan, dependent Evan. on Baylor winning out and winning the Big 12. I don't know why you're happen.
1: not rooting for a Big 12 team to be in the playoffs. Hey. You're just hating okay. it again. We need a hate segment, I, man. We do. We I, really
2: I, do. I, I, I absolutely hate Baylor. I do. But I'm not I, – I would be happy if they made it to the playoffs. <clears throat> but let's just think about this. You got Ohio State at 9-0. You got LSU at 9-0. If LSU <clears> – <throat> The man with this
1: mustache would have loved the old Baylor. The new Baylor, not so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the thing is you got you gotta realize like oklahoma state's ranked kansas state was ranked texas is ranked oklahoma's top 10 they'll have all of those wins in oklahoma twice if they yeah, pull this off there's no way but you I'll guys tell you what, it's hard to beat a team twice fellas hard mm-hmm. to beat a team twice
2: do you guys know um where the baylor oklahoma game is is it in baylor? waco it's in waco no. yeah it's in waco.
0: they got them the, at, home. The they is, got they, at home they got texas at home too Yeah, they got Oklahoma at home, followed by Texas at home. And then they have Kansas to end the season, which is basically a cleanup game so they can get ready for the Big 12 championship.
1: imagine they lose to Kansas. That would be unreal. That would be the worst. That would be the absolute worst of all time. Oh, my God.
0: Well, If they beat Oklahoma this week, they're going to jump up to, like, number six or seven. Yeah, exactly. They'll be right there looking in.
2: Time will tell, gentlemen. If I may, moving forward... Mm. Can we talk about my favorite Texas Tech team? And Meet it's the, the, Texas. Talking about the, Tech, the, meat the, the, meat, meat the meat judging team. You definitely love the meat judging team with that. The mustache. meat judging team, baby, fourteenth national championship this week. That's right. No, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Chris Beard and his boys with the basketball team making statements early, mm. looking incredible. Mm. I cannot wait for the mm. rest of basketball season. Mm. Talk your Aussie, truth, Evan. Yeah,
0: it, it's easy to touch up on these, these first three games. Um, it's great to see a team come out and just dominate from start to finish. And just, you know, not only are they winning, but I just want to let you know they're 3-0 and against the spread as well, and these spreads are fat. And uh,
1: the chemistry is looking fantastic. It looks like the boys on the court and off the court. That brotherly <laughs> love that we have come to know from Texas Tech is looking
0: great early especially we were talking about a young team for such a young team exactly and we we, we were all talking about it last night it's great to see like all five people in the starting lineup were contributing and that just goes to that chemistry you guys are talking about like everyone on the team was playing a part in that win and you know some of the bench players also contributing big time. I mean Chris Clark, 8 rebounds, 9 assists and 4 points, little floor general off the bench. Dude, I'm going to tell Chris you something right
1: Clark now Chris is Clark is not though. a bench player yep. at all. That guy might be the stud of Texas Tech basketball. He Chris Beard said it in his press interview that Chris Clark is unselfish with the ball, right? So he had what 9 assists, 8 rebounds, yeah. but he did say that Chris Clark is a scorer and will be leading this team in some
2: games with scoring. But we've seen – I mean, Chris Clark has passed up shots that he can make to make his team better. And Mm. I agree with you, Chris, 100 percent because he was putting up really good numbers at Virginia Tech and numbers from a scoring standpoint. And coming over, it's like (laughs) you listen to some of the announcers and they say, oh, wow, Chris is actually going to take this shot. And not from a a satirical standpoint, but really from a – this guy is so unselfish that he is – his number one priority is looking for the open player for a better shot than his own.
0: And you got to love that. And like you said, he's starting five talent and having him as a six man is just such a bonus to have for this team. It's mm-hmm. like when we had Brandone coming off the bench.
1: Yeah, he's much Let's better than
0: Brandone. I, I do hey, love it. Don't talk I, shit on I, Brandone. I'm not, talking any, I'm
1: not taking, talking any junk on Brandone. Brandone really improved last year and became a clutch player, especially in March Madness. Uh, But I just want to talk real quick about the depth of this team, right? If we're looking at, you know, starting five, uh, T.J. Holyfield, oh, my God, elite. Kyler Edwards is coming into his own as a star. Ramsey, I mean, absolute dub. That guy is so lit. I mean, 25 points, he could have gone off. He could have had even more in that game. I mean, yeah, he
0: only played 22 minutes.
1: Moretti is looking like the absolute leader of this team. I mean, Absolutely incredible, Shannon! My God, he is such a beast. He was underrated recruiting and recruited, in my opinion. No I think, question. And then you got Chris Clark, Kevin McCooler, who's awesome. I mean, incredible player. And Nadoli is just getting better. He's also another one that's like a, a star in the in the in the making um russell tetua huge i mean he he's awesome as well and then you have literally huge yeah absolutely huge what do they call him chewy and then andre sarvasov who has been taking too many threes in my opinion but large and in charge he's playing some valuable minutes and then my absolute favorite on the team avery Avery benson Benson. dude avery benson i don't know i didn't get to watch this game um, but Avery Benson was uh three from three three for three from three in his previous two games so <laughs> and the crowd is absolutely electric when he makes a shot he's he's the crowd favorite for sure I love him man he's got that flowing hair he's an absolute hound on the on the court as well uh playing his heart out he is the energy of this team he might not have the size that um golly norenz odiasse had last year but he's the absolute heart and soul of this team from an energy standpoint uh yeah we're stacked this year
0: fellas dude totally let's talk man. about ramsey for a second Oof. i mean Please. he played he Please. only played 22 minutes like he could have obviously if they were it was a close game he would have played more and he put up 25 5 and 2 and that goddamn dunk Oh, my God. Woo, he decided. The announcer said it. The announcer was like, he decided he was going to dunk when he was at the three-point line. And he just <laughs> took off like a bat out of hell and just dunked on somebody's head for an and-one dunk. That was unreal.
2: And I mean, that was really the first time we saw him make that athletic dunk this year because every other breakaway that we've seen, lamps. the te- the other team's just like, all right. We're going to foul him. I and mean, we saw it against Bethune Cookman. Yeah, it was bad. If you remember, I mean, the, the dude just hacked him, got a flagrant one, took Ramsey down to the floor big time, and everyone a scary got scared out. Scared because no one wants to get put on a poster by that man, and God knows he can do it. You're exactly I mean, he right. Was a, uh, he was a dunk contest champion in high school, wasn't he? He was voted the best dunker in the Metroplex in high school, which really? is really. Cool.
1: I did not know that, Evan. Big facts. Big facts. You know who is my favorite dunker on this team is Shannon. He gets the crowd going, man. He he's much bigger. How tall is he? They say six six six, right? Six seven. He looks much bigger. Yeah. He's got that Zaire Smith dunk ability. He just flies when he jumps up.
0: Huh, and I think things are only looking up from here because Evan, I know you want to talk about it, and I want to give the floor to you for Texas Tech's biggest signing of all time.
2: Thank you, Ryan. I certainly appreciate that because I have been keeping up with this young man for quite some time now.
1: You've been stalking um,
2: him with that mustache. With that mustache, dude. Yeah, I got. <laughs> That's blocked. why he
0: can't go near schools anymore. <laughs> right.
2: I got your banned on from every one of his social social accounts, uh, so I definitely can't ever get a hold of him. But, <laughs> dear Lord, guys, let's talk about this for a second. The mm. highest highest recruit coming in in Texas mm. Tech history. Mm. Mr. Namari Burnett coming Mm. out of Chicago, six foot three combo guard, top 20 recruit in the nation, Mm. um, offers from all over the country. Um, Early on in the recruiting process, not a single expert had Texas Tech on the radar. And by God, we got him. We jumped to number five in the nation Mm. um, with our 2020 recruiting class, number one in the Big 12, the biggest land in Texas Tech history. We have not even seen the brightest days of Texas Tech basketball ahead, in my opinion. Oh, my gosh. I I don't even know what to say.
1: This is going to be something to see, man. This is going to be like the Fab Five next year. I mean, we're so stacked. If Ramsey sticks around, if Shannon sticks around, I mean, the Doli, we're stacked. It's going to be hard to get tickets for home games in Lubbock.
0: You might want to get those season tickets now. I mean, and I what I love the most is like what Burnett has said about the recruiting process. You know, Texas Tech joined in late, but said he said once he got that visit from Chris Beard and Chris Beard told him what the program was all about, about how it's, you know, about more than just success in the court and about how it's, you know, offense and defense. And he just said, you know, what Chris Beard's message was was what really made him want to pick Texas Tech. And he saw the <clears throat> development that's come from these multi- two years in a row of lottery picks. And he knows, you know, with Chris Beard's development, he can be the next Texas Tech lottery pick yep. if Ramsey doesn't leave beforehand. Yep. So you know what? It is just great to hear the
2: reasons as to why he picked Tech. Now let me ask you two gentlemen this, as well as the listeners. Have you seen – this young man's highlight tapes and if not watch them this week oh my goodness
1: absolute baller can shoot the three can shoot the two can dunk can play defense just all around he's an all-around just incredible athlete
0: he's only 6'3 but he's a big bodied kid and he uses it he fucking dunks on people
1: all right well if we want to move on to other recruits Uh, can i can i I do a
0: Can I just uh, crack a cold one in in honor of the best recruit in Texas Tech history? Yes.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Chris, other recruits, and and maybe my memory's failing. If I've already talked about it, I apologize. But Micah Peavy from Duncanville. uh, And even even if I have talked about it, I don't care because it's such a huge recruit. (laughs) Four-star recruit out of Duncanville reminds me a lot of Jarrett Culver. Um likely a Jamias Ramsey scenario where we will see him jump up to a five star um in the in the coming season before he before he sets foot on campus. Um that gentleman is gonna be every bit as good as Namari and Jamias and the other big recruits that we've brought in. Um good lord guys we are stacked on the recruiting class coming in and i bet that we're going to have some more spots you know we only had three spots this year um but we'll we'll more than likely see uh at least one player leave probably in the off season to find a new school whether it's from a playing time perspective or personal reasons or what have you so we'll probably see more recruits come in for 2020 but the other huge recruit micah peavy he And Namari, and hopefully Ramsey sticking around. Oh, my gosh. Watch out.
0: We actually did have another person sign this week. Uh, Another person who 247 Sports has listed as a four-star forward out of San Diego, Tabuza Agbo. Mm -hmm. This guy had offers from Tech, Arizona, and Butler. And once again, chose Texas Tech.
1: That's the one thing I was going to ask, Evan, specifically you. Does, you know, Beard go after the number – I'm just curious. you think he's going after number one, number two, number three, all these guys, and is just not thinking, you know, this will not fit in with our program? Is he going after specific recruits? Because there, I think it seems he, like there's no reason that anybody doesn't want to go to Texas Tech right now.
2: Yeah, I think he is, Chris. Um, I think that he's targeting specific players. Uh, so let, let's just back this up. Let's look at <laughs> Peavy, who we just talked about, okay? Teammate with Jemias Ramsey. I think that Jemias was instrumental in, in getting PV to consider Texas Tech, and Chris Beard was able to play off of that. Um, and then moving on to Namari, uh, he has connections with Terrence Shannon uh, from Chicago and so he, he's
0: also knows the assistant coach at texas tech the new assistant coach they hired this year
2: right and and his uh you're exactly right ryan his name's escaping me at the moment but um i think that beard is very um
1: particular tactical
2: right? yeah. tactical particular strategic whatever you want to say in his recruiting because you know he's not going to go out and look at a James wiseman you know number one recruit headed to Memphis, like you you just can't do that at, at Texas Tech at least at this moment. But what we are seeing is, again, I've harped on this last year pretty heavily, is that look at the national championship game. Our highest recruit was a three star. Whenever you have success, it breeds um, recruiting success, okay? you you start having these recruits that want to come play for a program that's making a name for themselves not with the top recruits in the nation, but for a stellar coach, a stellar culture, a stellar program, and then you start getting interest from these other players. So I think it's twofold. I do think that Chris is very strategic with who he goes after, but he has a lot more national attention now than he did last year and the years before.
0: And what you have to
2: remember, too, is from
0: a recruiting standpoint, you can't just offer anyone you want you can't just put out a ton of offers. You only have so many offers available to to give out because if people all accept, you only have so many scholarships to give, so much room to be available. And if you want to get one of these top guys, you have to spend a lot of time to do it. Yeah. So like Evan said, you have to be strategic with who you pick and who you want to go after. And I think you're right. Chris Beard has thought it through. These top guys that he's gone after, he's gotten. Because if you look at, you know, the, the highest rated recruit that we offered a uh, scholarship too offered to spawn the team was Namari Burnett. And he signed with tech. None of the guys in the top 18, the guys above him, none of them were offered from tech.
2: So right. he definitely wasn't going out. Yeah.
1: Cade Cunningham didn't get offered. He's number two. He went to Oklahoma
0: state.
2: Yeah. Right. After, I mean, I that why. was, a, that was, and I know Cade played a lot of ball with Jamias, uh, especially in the AU circuit. But, <clears throat> you know, I think that Chris probably knows, you know, it's not like probably a lot of it doesn't get reported. like, he He talks to coaches, he talks to he talks to connections and he knows where these kids' heads are at and if he thinks that he has a shot at him, then he goes a thousand percent balls to the walls after him, you know yeah um, I, I think he, I think he's just what, very uh, smart I think he's very, very, very smart in his due diligence, if you will, with who he recruits.
0: Absolutely. And, I and I, and you know, I would love to know what Oklahoma State said to Cade Cunningham to get him to choose them over the likes of Florida, Kentucky, and North Carolina, and Washington, for that sake, who has produced some of the top players in the country in the past few years. I mean, I don't know if they told him something great or they offered him that bag. Oh, that bag,
1: man. You got that bag, <laughs> man. Yeah, I was thinking the little bag man might have come through on Oklahoma State. <laughs>
2: Could have said them. We got some exciting basketball to look forward to, certainly. Um, you know, we got in the coming months or, or coming weeks, really, we got Iowa coming up uh, in Las Vegas, I believe, um, with the potential of a Creighton matchup. We got DePaul in the coming weeks uh, or months. And then, of course, the big matchup that everyone's ready, looking forward to. Already have, Against my, t- Evansville, right? have my plane tickets. Not Evansville, oh. but. Kentucky Wildcats, who might have lost to the to the uh, previous mentioned team, I don't know about that, but uh, the number one team in the country, right, Evansville? That's right. They are the uh, Appalachian State of college basketball. Uh, if you Appalachian State shocking Michigan a few years ago as a and- as a top ranked team. Michigan being and um, I, but but regardless, Kentucky's going to be um, one of the top teams throughout all of college basketball for the whole year. I cannot wait to see. The United Supermarkets Arena rocking with a little swag surfing from the Texas Tech students. Tell you tell and you, you got- what,
0: the game before that that I'm excited about is the Louisville Cardinal. They are the real deal holy field. They are number four in the country right now, and they are poised for a deep run in yep. the NCAA tournament. They are they are stacked. But to give a shout out to Evansville, real quick, to the coach Walter McCarthy, a longtime Celtic great. He actually played for Kentucky, won a national championship for them, played for the Celtics for a while, all time hustle player, great guy, and he's from Evansville originally. Went back home to coach there and took down his old school. Pretty
2: crazy. I heard story. that. I heard that. And I love that. I love success stories like that. As long as it doesn't happen to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're the
1: success story, baby.
2: We're the That's success yeah. story.
0: But you know what? Let's let's move on to some other success and talk about, you know, some Raiders in the NFL. Jarrett Culver. Get You know, and the, the NBA, NBA, I should say. Uh, Jared Culver, ra- professional Raiders, put it that way. Yeah. Jared Culver coming into his own with Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is looking like a great team this year. And Culver's, I mean, he started last game. He's been playing minutes. Uh, he's been contributing. And you just got to love to see it, seeing him, you know, have success in the pros at such an early stage.
2: No question. Yeah, we've seen him put up a 20-point game already early on his career um i think that the the timberwolves are starting to have a little more trust on him you know you read tons of articles from coaches and teammates alike of culver and they respect the hell out of That they really appreciate what he's bringing to the table huge huge work ethic um and and you know he's just getting started boys we know that there's not yeah, much it, there's not much else to say he's just getting started
0: his first start was last night of his career he started starting five put up 12 points four rebounds three assists you know contributing to the team and a big win over San Antonio. So I've got to love to see it. But to move on to the NFL, as I accidentally said earlier, uh, you know, Patty Mahomes coming back from injury, and he did everything he could to get his team to win, putting up 450 yards and three touchdowns, and then suffering that heartbreaking loss to Tennessee. Don't know how the Chiefs defense possibly let that god-awful offense of the Titans score 35, but I guess Ryan Tannehill might be the real deal. Again, mm,
2: no, no, probably not work. through
0: 19 passes. Th- so Henry. bad
2: for Pat because you know in his head he's like, Gosh dang it. I dealt with this in college. Just give me a defense and we would be the best team in the entire nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's I guarantee you that's what how he feels because their defense isn't pulling their weight. Pat's playing unreal. How about that little jump pass? I know I you know. Oh that. my god. My unreal.
0: Gosh. Jeez, that man. was that was so impressive just like buying himself a tiny bit more time throwing that jump pass on an absolute line and having to go for a 60 yard tutter how you done oh mm. uh, and the other raider that i would be uh remiss to not mention is our boy cliff coaching up there in uh, arizona you know, they were doing great. They're on a little bit of a skid right now. Two heartbreaking losses in a row, two three-point losses to the Bucks and to the Niners. Who they played really well against the Niners. you got to give them credit on that on Thursday night, prime time. But I um, sure did. You know, I- I'm just happy to see that, like, you know, it's a first-year coach. It's a, it's not a great team, but they're competing. They're getting some wins, and I think that Cliff is going to stick around the NFL for a while.
2: I do, too.
1: And I, mean, yeah, I, that, I know that pains you, Evan, but, yeah, he's looking great out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think that just about wraps us up for this week, unless you guys have any closing thoughts.
1: I don't know. Chris, TCU. Chris, Chris Beard Rec is here TCU. to win, man. He, he just, I, that's the one thing. He's definitely recruiting these guys that are winners. He brings it up all the time. And from what we're seeing in an early start, we are winners, and this team is looking better than even I thought.
0: You know what, Chris? I couldn't have said that better. Any of myself, Texas Tech are winners, and hopefully we see that continue this week in both football, basketball, and meat judging. So <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm Chris. Ryan. I'm Chris. I'm baby. I'm Beth. And This has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up.
2: What's up, baby. <laughs>